listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast with Monica Woodhams. Influencer Girl Lifestyle is all about connecting you with top entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities who are sharing their secrets to living the influencer life behind the Instagram filters. So get ready to learn the ins and outs about influence, some girl talk, from dating to shopping for Gucci belts, and of course, the all-too-frequent debate over mimosas versus Bloody Marys at brunch. Here's your host and go-to for all things influencer lifestyle, Monica Woodhams. Hey, y'all. I'm here today with Ashley Guyett. She is the founder of Blonde Collective. Blonde Collective is an affordable fashion and lifestyle blog. She's recently taken her blog full-time after blogging for five years with a full-time job. So I'm really excited to dive in on that topic because I know y'all are so curious every time someone makes that transition. So welcome, Ashley. Hi. So, okay. I'm really excited to dive into this topic of how you made the switch from blogging with a full-time job and really taking your blog to a point where you can do it full-time. But before we do that, let's kick it off with a this or that. So are you ready for it? I'm ready. Cool. So yoga or bar? Bar. Wine or champagne? Wine. I'm such a wino. (laughs) Red or white? Red is my favorite. Even in the summer? You know, it has to be slightly chilled because it's yeah. obviously not refreshing in the summer. But <laughs> it is. I'm just such a sucker for red wine. So if it's slightly chilled, then it's perfect. Yeah. No, I agree. And that is kind of the struggle that I've been having right now is that yeah. I'll like crave red, but then I'm like, it's like 95 degrees outside. This is just going to like put me to sleep. I know it's such a struggle, but I mean, I guess it's just the, the <laughs> this is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Personal problem. Yeah. Yep. Instagram post or Instagram stories. Ooh, that's a hard one. Cause it depends. I think stories though, just because I can go on and like, it doesn't matter. I kind of feel like it doesn't matter what I'm posting. I kind of, yeah. It's just in the moment in real time. So we'll go with stories. Yeah. What about IGTV? You know, IGTV, when it first came out, I was, of course, resistant because (laughs) when something new comes out, um, I like the idea of it. It's more accessible. It's kind of frustrating that if you want to do YouTube and IGTV, you have to, like, the the formatting isn't the same. You can't, like, kill two words with one stone. Do they do that on purpose? Probably. <laughs> Why would they make our lives easier? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still excited to see where IGTV goes. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I'm not like a super huge YouTuber as much as I wish I was. We'll see. I'm excited to see where it goes. Right now, I'm not the biggest fan. Same. I'm, I kind of forget also that it's there. I honestly haven't been watching very many IGTVs. That's the thing. Like I don't go and look for like on YouTube, it's kind of like a search engine. So I think that that's where IGTV has to figure it out is more, a little bit more accessible. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also I personally don't like the orange bar that like is the neon flash. Oh no, I know. (laughs) On my feed. And then you can't, you don't get or I haven't noticed at least comment notifications. So I'll like, oh. and I'm like, I have five comments that I didn't hear about. So I don't know. Hmm. I still have to. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we dive into this. Yeah. I was going to say, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, 
I'm right there with you. And again, like, I know it's going to be one of those things, just like stories where at first it was like, who's going to watch stories. And then all of a sudden everyone only watches stories. So true. But, so okay. Sure we'll, it makes we'll circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mimosas or Bloody Mary? Oh, I'm such a spicy Bloody Mary girl. Yes. Oh my gosh. You have I, no idea. Like no one says that. And like a good spicy, but it has to be spicy. It has to be spicy. And I have to have like toppings. All the food. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wish I liked mimosas more, but they just put me to sleep. Yes. It like ruined my day. <laughs> I know. There is like that is seriously two mimosas in. I'm like falling asleep I'm ready for a nap yeah yeah but bloody mary's that'll keep you going it will it just is like puts the pep in your step it tastes good you get like a little snack when you're waiting for your food exactly well and even i will be the person to order a bloody mary at like 4 p.m if we've been day drinking all day like at like if we went to like a game or something because it's like that pick me up where it's like you could either go home and then pass out on your couch or drink a Bloody Mary and good to go. <laughs> exactly. And then everyone's like, why are you ordering a Bloody Mary at 4 p.m.? But secret life hack. People. Life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Takeout or cooking? Oh, I will, Honestly, I love to cook, but sometimes I'm just so lazy and I <laughs> love takeout. So I would say 50-50. I feel really good about myself when I cook, but I'm such a sucker if my boyfriend's like, let's order this. I'm like, ooh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, I can never say no to takeout. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, what the heck? (laughs) What's your go-to takeout? Uh, We have a place here in LA called Mendocino Farm. Oh my God, I live for Mendo. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Like, they're, I don't know, everything there is so good. And I feel semi-healthy when I order it, so I don't feel like it's a guilty And I'm... If I'm feeling really bougie and I want to treat myself, we do sugar fish because they're right next to each other. So. Oh, do you live near the marina? Yes, I do. Oh my gosh. I went to LMU. So oh my gosh. you know that. I know. Area. I know it walked way too well. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and it's like the best little center right there with all the food and everything. I know. Well, and when I was in college though, there wasn't a dry bar. There wasn't a Sephora. Yeah. And I think Mendo was maybe probably two years old when I graduated in that location. But yeah, it, we like felt like we were like really treating ourselves when it, or we'd go down there and either go to. I know. You're like, I am living my best life. I know. Well, and then I look back and I remember my dad being like, you will never have this good of real estate. in your life." I know. Right. That I went to college right on a cliff in San Diego and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I hit my peak of where I'm going to live. Like yep. this is as good as it a hundred percent. It's so true. Oh, I love that you live right by there. That's yeah. you know, such a special part of the city for me. But yeah, is. I know you feel like you're escaping LA a little bit. Yeah, it's true. And then sugarfish is just so good. Yeah. I will postmate. I will even when I lived in LA, I would treat myself by postmating that and feel like yeah, that's super bougie doing that. Yeah. Deliver me my wonderful, trust me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's what you have to get. Yeah. I, speaking of rants, I can go on a sugar fish rant. Oh my gosh. Same. I know. Maybe we don't go, go down that route. <laughs> right. Okay. So the very last one is leather jacket or denim jacket. Ooh, if you had asked me this like a year and a half ago, I would have said leather, but I am such a denim jacket 
gal these days. Same. I don't, I never thought I would be a denim jacket gal, but. And I recently got like a super oversized vintage one. That that's what I'm looking for. Okay. Oh, you got to check out Wrangler. They have some really amazing oh, okay. vintage ones. And I swear it's like, I think it's a guy's jacket, but I love it. <laughs> okay. I, yes, I need to look that up because. I'm just dying for like that oversized denim yeah. jacket look. Oh, it's, it's the best. My go-to now. Isn't that so funny how like leather jackets were just like the staple? Oh, and yeah. Now it's just like totally transition. Uh-huh. That's fashion, but yeah, that's it's fashion. so funny. Um, let's see here. Okay. So let's just go ahead and dive in. So let's first, for those of the people listening, if they're new to Blonde Collective. So break down how this blog even came to be and how it's gotten to where it is now. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, <laughs> in, I'm in I'm like oh. okay. So I actually started, I went, I went to college in San Diego and I was mm-hmm. studying fashion merchandising and it was my senior year when I was kind of like, Oh my gosh, I, don't know what I'm going to do. I was interning at a little tiny local fashion magazine at the time. And I knew it wasn't going to be like a full-time job type of situation. So I was really evaluating like where my place in the fashion world was going to be in San Diego. Because at the time, all the brands that were down there were like little yoga brands and like surf brands, which Mm -hmm. wasn't at the time wasn't what I was into. I wanted that whole fashion experience. So Flashback to like when social media kind of hit for us with MySpace. <laughs> I was so obsessed with uh, like HTML and oh my gosh, oh my gosh! I okay. I'm so sad. Side tangent that MySpace <laughs> is gone because we all would know how to code yeah. and have like I don't know. It would be so different if Facebook didn't take over and we still had that coding experience. But anyway, oh, wow. so. I loved that. And when I was studying abroad my sophomore year of college, one of my roommates uh, told me about Fashion Toast. Have you? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Rumi Neely, I think that's throwback. Yeah. She was one of the OGs. Very OG. And at the time, I was like, what's a fashion blog? And when she showed it to me, I obsessed over it. Like, I would come home after school in like the most cool part of Italy. And I would go in my room and go on this fashion blog. A guy didn't want to be out. I wanted to look at her blog and see if she posted anything new. So I became like super obsessed with her. And then over the course of the next two years, just kind of like, you know, cupcakes and cashmere Mm -hmm. started and all of that. So I got kind of into the fashion blog realm and then Pinterest was also taking off. So all of these like platforms started to catch my eye and one day, I actually remember it very clearly. I was in Palm Springs for New Year's Eve. It was 2012 going on 2013. And I was like, I'm going to start my own blog. How, like, why did I not think of this? And I'd always been a writer. Like I have so many um, journals that I've written in since high school. So the writing part was something I love. The content I love. The web development, like it all just made sense. Mm-hmm. So Throwback, if you've really been following me from the beginning, you know that my blog was actually called Polka Dots and Sailor Stripes when I first started. <laughs> and I was like very like, okay, cupcakes and cashmere. Like I thought that was yeah. how to start a, you know, a URL. And I was obsessed with Kate Spade. 
if you know me now, it's laughable because I'm very neutral color. Same. I was like major Kate Spade in college. And now I'm like, no, hot pink. My, all my clothes were like stripes and green and Navy and everything. It was crazy. So polka dots and sailor stripes was born. I was obsessed with it. I would post like every day. My best friend would take my pictures between classes, I would honestly get in trouble like during class because I'd be blogging on my phone because I was like, I have to get it right now. (laughs) My my five viewers are going to want to see what I wore to school today. So I was really enthralled with it like from the start. And um, that was my senior year of college. So graduated, I quit my job at Nordstrom, um, went into the corporate world and at the time, still in San Diego, had no idea what I wanted to do. So I took this job so I could have like a Monday to Friday and weekends off on like mm-hmm. retail. And I was working at a medical equipment company, which so laughable because <laughs> I have zero desire to be in the medical industry in any capacity. But it was really, really cool and such an important part of my story because everyone I met there had such a, like, you know, a story of their own to tell. And mm-hmm. I was this like, 23 year old who thought her life was going to be in San Diego and, you know, was like, whatever, not pursuing my dreams. And they all were like, you're crazy. You are such a baby. You need to wake up. And (laughs) so I stay there for a year. I had my blog, which was like my creative outlet and my roommate helped me take photos. And I was kind of like, San Diego did have a blogging industry. It was really small. So I would say like, I grew a, a decent amount at the time. Like it wasn't, it wasn't stagnant, but I was definitely, I had no idea the potential of it. Mm-hmm. So the year passes and like miserable at my job, knew I wasn't, you know, going for my dreams. So I actually moved to Los Angeles. And at the time I like, couldn't even afford to live in the city because I took an internship at this fashion place and, um, was commuting from my parents' house. So it was really, really hustling to try and make it work, but it was so cool to see everything unfold because once I finally put myself in the situation I wanted to be in, I was, you know, I was working in Mm -hmm. fashion world at the time. I, you know, just things started to fall into place. So luckily I had such a passion for this blog from the beginning that I never, lost my momentum. Mm -hmm. So over the course of this past five years, it's been such a wild ride because as soon as I got to LA, I truly feel like I finally grasped like what it could be because you're surrounded by so many girls trying to do the same thing. So you finally have people to relate to and, you know, people that are there to support you and your dreams. And no one is like looking at you like you're crazy because everyone in LA is pretty much doing something to, you know, get to their dream life. So yeah. it was really cool. And I took a few jobs. I've been the typical millennial that's jumped jobs every year, but honestly, every single job I've taken has gotten me in the weirdest way. One step closer to being full-time blogging. So it's been such an epic last four years in LA. And yeah, so I'm now full-time blogging and it's been such a wild ride. I love that. And I love how you say like every experience has led you to this because I think a lot of people get caught up in being like, I'm stuck in this job and I just have to stick through this job and hopefully maybe I can make my blog become a reality. But very similar to you, I did the job hopping thing too, like from startup to from corporate to startups and then another startup. And like 
they were not the most inspiring jobs in the world, but like <laughs> they would maybe give me more flexibility so I could spend more time, you know, exactly. doing my creative things. And I think yeah. that's fine. And it's like, we don't, I think LA really does give you permission to just do whatever you want. <laughs> Honestly, it does. And you also, it's cool because I, it's very rare that I meet people who are just doing one job. Like, yeah, yeah they have a full-time job, but they also have their side hustle or they also have, you know, their passion project or whatever it is. So you're really inspired to hustle, you know, like there's almost no excuse when you're surrounded by people your age or whatever, making it happen and not sacrificing anything to work towards their dream. It's really cool. It's so true. I remember, um, I think this was like three years ago, no, maybe four years ago when I still lived there and it was during a heat wave. And of course my apartment didn't have AC right now. So I'm like, I, I know I'm like, geez, I don't know how y'all are doing it. Luckily um, I do have AC, so I really can't complain because I'm in the good. Yeah. Cause I'm a lucky one, but seriously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was working from home because I was working for a startup and you were able to work from home. And I went to four Starbucks that day to and couldn't find a spot to sit at any of them. And it was such a, and it was probably like 11 a.m. Like when people should definitely be at work. And it was like, yeah. no, this is so LA that like everyone is literally on their own time yeah. schedule. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Like you do not find the normal schedule in LA. It's so funny because my boyfriend's from Minnesota and he was like, when I moved here, I realized like no one in LA has the typical schedule because it's yeah. always busy. There's always traffic. People are always, you know, out and about because they have those work from yeah. home jobs or whatever. So it's funny to see. Yeah. And even if they have like, quote unquote, like a real, like, traditional job like in finance like the stock market closes when it's like 4 p.m so right. it's like they can't do anything anyway after four so yeah. it's so interesting I live in DC now which is the complete opposite so yeah. I honestly I'm obsessed with DC ever it's since amazing yeah. <laughs> um okay so speaking of like you know being in a place where a lot of people are trying to like do the blogging thing, do the fashion thing. So on the other end of the spectrum of like, you know, you said like it's supportive, you see what other people are doing it and making it a reality. But then a lot of people can say, this is a really saturated market to be in and to say, I want to start a career in a saturated market. People might kind of, you know, be like, eh, maybe that's not a good idea. I don't know if you saw the article on CNN this week that the fat Jewish was interviewed on. And he basically said like, don't be an influencer. It's too late. Like, Oh my gosh. Like people, like if you want to be successful, like you need to create a product because, uh, being an influencer is done. So I would love to kind of unpack that and hear what you have to say on it. I have a lot of thoughts. I'm going to try not to ramble, which I'm, (laughs) but a couple of things. First of all, I 100% disagree with that because if you look at, like you just said, you went to four Starbucks and they were all full and that Mm -hmm. was probably just in on the West side. Like everything in this world, of course, is going to feel saturated if it's something that you yourself want to do and you might not feel like you're successful. I personally feel like the word saturated is an excuse, Mm -hmm. kind of like 
like people blaming the algorithm all the time. Yeah. I get it. There are highs and there's lows and stuff, but you can't always blame your place in life on something else. Like you have to look at it and be like, okay, yeah, it's saturated, but so is the city of Los Angeles. Yet people are still moving here every day. So obviously it's a market that feels like there is not room for you because it's all on social media. So you have the ability to be like, Oh my gosh, there's, you know, this girl has 5 million followers. What make, what makes me think I'm going to grow that much. But you have to sit back and realize that if it's something that you're passionate about, there should be no excuse as to why you don't do it because yeah, it might be saturated, but if you have 5,000 engaged followers, that's a lot lot of yeah. people like I don't yeah. know 5,000 oh people no you know, because I I am even so guilty of doing this like if people you know are like oh how many followers do you have I'm like oh well not that much like I make an excuse for myself yeah. but my dad actually was the one who was like you're crazy that you even say that because like do you even know that many people like think of, <laughs> think of the amount of followers you may have no matter if it's 700 or 70,000 like that many people in one room would be insane so yeah I don't know when people, yeah. When people say it's saturated, I honestly feel like it's just an excuse. And if your content is good content and what you have to say is valuable, it's going to be profitable for you no matter what. Maybe that's not, you know, a million dollars overnight, but it's still such a gratifying thing to have a platform that is influential and have people that care about what you have to say. So I think that quote unquote saturation is just not to pursue something this awesome. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And for a few reasons, like, first of all, you know, you could say the same thing about like, if there's too many hairdressers, like it's not like there's There's a hairdresser for everyone, you know, or like, um, I mean, even I think it's cool. You could say it's saturated in people who are trying to be influencers, but aren't willing to do the work. A hundred percent. That fine. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of people out there who just want to post a pretty picture and then get paid 5k to do it without literally like doing anything else. Yeah. Um, and that is not realistic. One of the reasons why I started this podcast was to show people how much work goes in the behind the scenes of being an influencer. Because yes, I love that you said that. People don't really see that and that it is sometimes an 80 hour a week job. Oh yeah, easily. And I think that that's where it gets lost in translation is that people think that everyone's just taking pretty pictures all day, but that's just such a small, small part of it. Yeah, it is. And it's funny because when I was like ramping up to go full time, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have so much time to do stories and mm-hmm. go to coffee shops. And I'm a month in and there are so many times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't storied all day. Cause I'm so busy. Yeah. Like it's no different than working a full-time job because it's actually more work because you don't have a team of people unless you're more established. Everything. It's crazy. I know. I am really like really feeling ready to hire an intern. I'm like, I think it's time. I don't know what the rules are around hiring. I mean, that's why, that's why you just start and you figure it out. Exactly. (laughs) Make it is like my favorite thing. I know. I know. Okay. So I pulled up the article and I want to read you one of the quotes. And so he said, 
Eventually, there will be too many influencers, the market will be too saturated, and the value of influencer posts will continue to plummet. It's a very standard value proposition. The more people join, the more options there are for brands, the less each influencer is worth. Mm. So, I mean, I understand that maybe it's like he's looking at it from a mathematical standpoint, which, sure, whatever, but... There's also that human role that takes comes into play where like each influencer offers something so different, whether it's their look, like some campaigns are just for girls with straight hair or curly yeah. hair. Like, there's so many tiny details where one influencer isn't going to fit for a campaign because maybe she's not in high school or maybe she's not a mom. Like there's so many different things that come into play. So I think, I mean, if we also look at this, the market the influencer market is so new that we don't mm-hmm. even know where it will go, which I think sure. Maybe the beginning stages of influencers is going to change. Like you can't just start yeah. an Instagram and gain thousands of followers easily. It is right. now work, really hard work. And we don't have a rule book or, you know, set strategies that are a surefire way to succeed. Right. But, I think that's what's going to make it last longer because it's we have no idea where it will be in 10 years. And I mean, I've even started seeing influencers on commercials. So I think that brands are just realizing how influential and how, like what an impact these men and women can make on the market they're trying to tap into that. It's just going to continue to evolve. I don't, I don't know. I don't think that saturated and like ending is the words I would choose to explain it but right yeah well so then on that note what are your thoughts on like people still starting a blog in the traditional sense versus just having an Instagram account like what's your perspective on that I will always be pro blog because Mm -hmm. I am just such a fan of writing and I use my blog a lot to, um, just get a little bit deeper with my followers. I know that not all of my Instagram followers are blog readers, which is totally fine. It's, it's, you know, that much more time that we don't have to sit and write. But I have found that when I open up on my blog, like talking about real life things or like struggles I've gone through. That's when I get people DMing me, texting me, you know, commenting on Facebook posts being like, wow, I really relate to this. Or it just opens up like another layer of my relationship to my followers. Mm -hmm. And I can't do that on an Instagram caption. So right. Sure. I've like, I've tested the long captions on Instagram, but I have, I find that I kind of lose people or they don't click like the see more button. (laughs) So I don't know. I'm, I'm always going to have a blog. Um, I know that other girls have talked about this on your podcast of like, Mm -hmm. if Instagram disappears. So yeah, I will always own my blog. I think that that's another reason if you want to do long form content. And also it's just another leveraging piece when you're um, communicating with brands and telling them what you can offer because on my blog post, I can do, you know, five to eight pictures and explanations of things. Yeah, and that's a good point. Through things. Yeah. So it's just more another platform where you can go more in depth with a brand's product and really, really speak to the campaign that they're running. Like I actually just did a campaign this month with Olay and 
it was an Instagram post, but there was no product. So it was just a picture of me. And so to talk more about Olay and their role in the, in the campaign, Mm -hmm. I went to my blog and completely explained the whole campaign and what it was all about. And that was how my followers were able to see like, Oh, Olay, this is how they're tied into it. So okay. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It might've been a little bit more difficult to really drive home how the brand was incorporated into the campaign if I didn't have that long form space. Totally. And I also think one reason why like there's always going to be room for everyone if you have your unique voice and perspective is that some people are really going to be good at writing. And so then the blog is going to be the best place to stand out there. Some people like are going to be the photography people. Some people are going to be the video people. Like there's now we just have so many different ways that we can communicate that instead of like, you know, feeling the pressure to be on all of it and do it all super well, like be like, you know what, I'm really great at writing. So my blog's always going to be around. Exactly. I think that that's how like, that's the longevity of it all. Yeah. Where your like strengths lie in terms of communication. Yeah. Communication to me is fascinating. Oh yeah. Completely. It's so funny to me that it's like the cop out major. But it's such a fascinating and just like complex thing. It's very valuable. If you can't communicate or storytell, then it's very hard to succeed in many things. Yeah. And you know what? The storytelling thing. I think that that's where maybe some influence or aspiring influencers get hung up is that they forget that they need to be telling a story. 100. 100%. I feel like these people that are, you know, are like, oh, I want to start a blog. They just look at it for face value. And they're like, all I have to do is take good pictures. Like, what am I missing? Like, I have girls that were, um, will DM me all the time and be like, you know, I'm not growing. Like, what am I doing wrong? And I'll look at their Instagram account and I'm like, well, it's like you're posting some cute photos, but like, you're trying really hard. Like it's very clear in their caption that they're trying to emulate another influencer that they might really like. Right. Telling their story for what they did that day or, you know, whatever happened behind that photo. They're not letting their followers in. They're not telling their story. They're telling someone else's. Mm -hmm. That's never going to get you anywhere. Yeah, for sure. And I also think that even having a business in general, regardless of it being in the blogging space, it's kind of a journey in personal development because I've realized that when I feel like I have no idea what to post on my Instagram account, which on my feed recently has happened a lot because I've like, I'm like so deep into this podcasting thing and I love it. And I realized... Instagram doesn't excite me as much as it used to and allowing myself to be like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have to feel the pressure to do it. Like it's okay that now like podcasting is my jam. And I think like just, I had to recognize that within myself and be okay with it within myself. And I think a lot of times it is easier to just maybe copy what someone else is doing that they're being successful Mm -hmm. at doing. Cause a lot of my girlfriends in the blogging space, Instagram is where they're like, is what is the bread and butter, you know? And I think just being like, you know what? It's okay. Like I don't have to copy paste what they're doing. Yeah. I, I love the quotes that are like, you know, 
someone else's story is not your own and like mm-hmm. someone else's middle is not your beginning. So like you just can't, it's, it's, it goes back to staying in your own lane and doing what works for you. And if it feels good to you, then do it. If it feels funky or like you're second guessing it, then it's probably not the right move. And you just right. have to go with your gut. Totally. A hundred percent. Okay. So I feel like we could... <laughs> We could talk about this forever, oh but God, I, I could talk all day. About <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. So I'm like, just have like a day long, it's like a five hour long podcast. I think people would tune in. I mean, hello, that would be a nice plane ride. <laughs> That's so true. There's nothing more frustrating than like halfway on your plane ride and then you run out of your yeah, podcast. Yeah, like, well, now so, what? <laughs> so maybe, maybe we fill, maybe we fill that void. <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> test it out. <laughs> like, <laughs> only podcast yeah. <laughs> or road trip. <laughs> Come join us on your road trip. <laughs> yeah. Join us for your five free hours. Yeah. Okay. So for the lifestyle part of this, what was your morning routine like today? Uh, today, I hate to admit this, but I accidentally slept in. So you're good. I woke up at 10. It's fine. Oh, 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 <laughs> I got out of bed at 9 30 and I was like, what am I doing with my life? But anyway, no, I know I, I, felt in. <laughs> I tried to feel like my morning was together. So I got up, turned on my favorite essential oils, made myself some breakfast and coffee, just kind of sat there for a second. I try not to get on social media or do much before I eat. I kind of, I just try to wake up, drink a lot of water and then have my coffee and my breakfast and then go into my little office space in our spare bedroom. So I did all of that and then just got ready for my day and started emailing. I love that. I like the no checking social media before you eat thing. Yeah. I mean, I just realized that like I would wake up and just grab for my phone before my eyes were even open. Like I would squint at my phone mm-hmm. to try and see anything. And it was like, I don't know. I'm just such a huge fan of being mindful of like your body and your mind and just like really feeding yourself what you need to start your day off correctly, like right. start your day off on the right foot. So I try to, I leave water by my bed and I'll shut my alarm off when it wakes me up. And then, um, I've actually started sleeping with the blinds kind of open so that I wake up a little bit easier with the natural mm-hmm. light. Obviously that didn't happen today because I just <laughs> with my blankets, but I'll wake up, drink water. And I try to kind of like either do a workout or I don't know, just like clean up, maybe do a load of laundry before I eat. And I like to eat at around nine. I, I recently heard that you should try and eat within like between nine and six every day and try to oh. adhere to that. I don't know. Don't quote me. I'm obviously not a nutrition person, but <laughs> I try to like keep myself from eating until nine and then go about my day like that. But nice. Yeah. I love it. So then what is your favorite lifestyle hack or tip or trick you have? It could be beauty, wellness, fashion, anything. I feel like hacks that have helped me more with blogging. Um, I love to batch my outfits when I'm shooting. So a lot of people will be like, how do you, you know, have content for the whole week, blah, blah, blah. And I always will shoot like five to eight outfits on a Saturday or Sunday and then just get all my content ready 
And oh, okay, yeah. That has helped me so much throughout the, it's how, what I've done the last five years, um, kind of because I've had to, but it's right. become a really good habit and hack for not getting behind during the week. And I always mm-hmm. have content and it's never like that, that stress taken out of the whole week process is really helpful. I love that. Yeah. That makes a huge difference because the other day I had a sponsored post that needed to go out and I was like, Oh, I'll take the photos for that sometimes during the week. And then the weeks are crazy. Weekdays are crazy. Like even if you work for yourself, some things always come up. And then all of a sudden it was like the day before the deadline. And I was like, ah, I need to figure this out. I know it's so stressful. Like things sneak up on you. And especially I feel like when you are self-employed doing your own thing, you say yes to so many things, which I've tried. I realized I need to stop doing because I'll be like, yeah, I go to that event. I have nothing going on Tuesday, but then I realized, okay, I should be doing, you know, business things on that day, going to an event. So it's, I know I feel, yeah, I feel, yeah, it is. Well, where can everyone find you, Ashley? So I am at Ashbegash on Instagram. Uh, that's A-S-H-B-E-G-A-S-H. And then my blog is blondcollective.com where you can find all my social channels. Amazing. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun. This is amazing. I'm obsessed with podcasts. So I'm really thrilled to be on this one. You have a great podcast. Yay. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle. Love this episode? Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. For show notes and free resources on living out your influencer lifestyle, head over to monicawoodhams.com forward slash podcast.